Power of Suits, and welcome into a little bit of a rebranding for House Party Protocol today. And most of you might be thinking, like, whoa, 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 HPP isn't going anywhere, right? No, 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 it's not. So, for those of you that have been around for a while, you might remember that Merzane and I did the TTS special report during TTS seasons and stuff like that. So, we've talked about it, and since we aren't really following the TTS season, this time around, what we thought we might do is take that format and change it and just call it the HPP Special Report. So here we are with, I guess, what would be the first official HPP Special Report, yet it's just kind of continuing on from the series. Anyways, I'm joined by Merzane. What's happening, my guy? Nothing much. Uh, just painted my first model in months. Uh, my Prime, my Sentinel Prime, looking hot and pink. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I really liked it. It uh, I like how you inverted the purple and the pink. Like most people would have put those into the other places. Yeah, but that was kind of like my goal. Was I was like, it sort of got like this blue and purple. So I'm gonna like up the blue and make all the uh, or up the purple like really high and make like the darkish blue and like a hot pink. Yeah, it I looks good. To, like stand out. It looks good, and uh, I Thank encourage you. you guys out there to check it out if you have a chance. And uh, yeah, what uh, what gave you the bug to paint Prime? I mean, it's just you like that model? I really like the Sentinel models. Like, I don't really care about Sentinels in the comics. Like, X-Men aren't really my thing, and villains aren't typically my thing. Um, but the models are just so cool. Uh, I really liked playing big models in War Machine, the Colossals. So having like this big stompy robot is just like scratches that itch for me. Um, yeah. And it just feels cool to like have them on the table. And I've really gotten into like playing them. And like locally, all my friends that are playing X-Men, I'm like, I'm like, you realize like I'm going to hunt you down, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, he I'm here to get those mutants. I, I was like, I kind of get it now. Like I know, I know why that I know why they made Sentinels now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. So, Merzane, we're going to have kind of a jam-packed show today, so we're going to start by talking about my roster over the weekend. So if you want to go back and check out the last episode that Merzane was on, I think it would have been just last week. Yeah, the very very previous episode to this one. You can go check that out where we talk about my list that I was taking to Warfare Weekend, and we made some changes and stuff to it right, uh, right then and there. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how that went, go talk about a little bit of strategy stuff there, and then we're going to dive into, finally, this Spider-Foes Sentinels roster that a suit sent us, so we're going to talk about that here very shortly, but first, Merzane, I, I got to tell you something, and, and it's I immediately thought of you when this oh. happened at the event. <laughs> So, uh -oh. <laughs> so round one, yeah, no, this is good. So, so round one, do you, do you remember that we talked about like dropping ancient one from my list and everything? And, and like, we were like, oh yeah, you're probably not going to use her and blah, 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 this and that, you know, all these, you know, we, we, we made a good argument for dropping ancient one, yeah. right? Well, I had instant regret. <laughs> Instant. So 
my round one opponent and I, we pull Terrigen Mist and Hammers. And so mm-hmm. I, I had the Sentinels for Terrigen specifically. And then I'm reading his list. I'm like, he's got Thor. He's got Captain America. He's got somebody else with a bunch of physical crap. He's got Captain Marvel was in his list. So I was like, okay, well, energy into Captain Marvel sounds terrible. So I pivoted and I played Convocation on that. And what I had wanted to do was do two Sentinels and two Convocation characters. And I kept, I was like, I was like, you know, I wanted to have two Sentinels, right? Like I was like, two Sentinels that I could control two sides of the board. Could not make it work. We played at 18. And I was obviously, or no, no, did we play at 18? Yeah, we played at 18. Yep, we played at 18. So I couldn't get it to work. And I'm like, well, well, darn it. Like, I, I need to stay affiliated. How would I be affiliated here? And I kept trying to, like, like I kept like, okay, so Strange, Voodoo, and Prime, and a Mark IV. That's good, right? And I kept, like, doing that in my head <laughs> continuously. And I'm like, no, this isn't good. Well, stop being stupid. <laughs> so what, what I ended up doing, I ended up taking Strange, Mordo, Wong, Voodoo and a Mark IV, which ended up being fine. I won the match and everything. It was a lot closer than it should have been. I feel like it just, but it was really good. Like my opponent, shout out to Wade. He did a had a pretty good game plan, but uh, he left Carol alone on a Terrigen, and I ran my entire team to the other side and won that side every round after the first round. So, mm. you know, it uh, it, it was good. And it was just one of those things where I bring that story up because it's like if I if I'd have had Ancient One there, I could have had Prime instead of the regular Sentinel, and I feel like Prime would have been awesome. But I digress. It was just one of those like, you know, I never thought I'd say this, but I really wish I had Ancient One here. <laughs> yeah, I, I. It's weird, right? Like we made. I think we made really good arguments and really good ideas for why we would swap it but even then like like you like you showed sometimes you get that one very specific weird tech matchup you're like dang it yeah why did i do this <laughs> well it's not just the weird tech matchup it's also 18 18 threat like that right there is one where it's like well this is an ancient one threat value for real because then it can you know throw her in there with a prime and it'll be really really spicy i feel like however I digress in the fact that it was a a really fun game overall. And when I say 18th threat, by the way, I need to specify. I would say Strange, Voodoo, Ancient One, and Prime. That would be it would be four wide at 18. Not not the original, like I said, with Mordo and Wong and all that. So right. if you're if you're out there doing the math, being like, Psh, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> so Mercedes, I want to tell you how this this list worked and how things played out. So I played Convocation in two matches, and I played my Sentinels in two matches, like specifically mm-hmm. going Sentinels, going Convocation. So I had one match where it was what I had dubbed initially as the dream setup, and that was Researcher and Gamma at 16 points. <laughs> I initially said, 
This is this is the matchup I want right here. This is where Sentinels are going to shine. My opponent thought I was going to bring my convocation on that. And I was like, nope, here's my Sentinels. But my opponent brought Wakanda with a Malekith. So it was Black Panther, Okoye, Shuri, and Malekith. And mm-hmm. I was fairly confident going into Malekith, but... I said this on the Gamers Guild podcast, so definitely go check that out. But it just took me way too long to chew through that Malekith. Way too long. Like, it was one of those things where he hit a midnight Phantasmagoria at the perfect time. And and I just couldn't do anything to kind of get over that hump, and he ended up beating me pretty handily. But I don't think my convocation would have done any better in that matchup or fared any better unless I'd have been really aggressive going after, like, Shuri or something, and I feel like that that would have just opened up things for Malekith real bad. So, you know, it's one of those things where if I'd have just, if I hadn't had any Sentinels at all, then I feel like that matchup would have been worse. Mm -hmm. But having the Sentinels, I don't feel like was the, the thing that could get me over the hump in that matchup. I guess maybe it's just the dice and everything, but it was, it was an odd one. Definitely an odd one. Yeah, Malekith is a hard nut to crack, especially on, like, Gamma and or Researchers. And when you have both, it's even more rough because, like, you're already where he wants you to be. You're right. all together, and you got a bunch of size fives you can eat around. Uh, I think that that is just Malekith, especially on, like, enclosed spaces, is just going to be your natural predator. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really hard to overcome. So, like, the fact that you had a good game versus a Malekith, and in Wakanda, I feel like Wakanda's a good spot for him. Is like, yeah, actually really good. And I think it was the correct choice to get Sentinels, too, against Wakanda. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And if I had it to do again, I'd probably do the same thing. But I'm looking at, like, when I look at my list and everything and thinking about how to tune this a little bit better, I think I drop one of the Sentinels and bring back Ancient One, and just play that matchup as Convocation, but try to stuff two Sentinels in there. Right. You know what I mean? And just be Mm -hmm. more aggressive going after the smaller characters because I feel like that a uh, Black Panther, right? Like I know what Black Panther does. He's really strong. He's really good. But he also doesn't have any defensive tech against Mystic and Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme in the games I've played can do a lot of work to a Black Panther. Yeah. So I feel like when when I'm thinking about that matchup, like if that's the matchup I have again, well, first of all, I probably wouldn't bring Researcher and Gamma if I if I make that change, <laughs> if I take out the ability to play Sentinels. But I think that that would be a, a spot to change a little bit. And then I think um, if I'm going back and thinking about everything there as well, I think something like a Cassandra Nova might be interesting there because, and and I don't, I don't know if I like this or not that much, but it's something that I, I think I need to test a little bit. So if I bring efficient machines and I'm playing Cassandra Nova, yes, I'm paying the Cassandra Nova tax, but playing efficient machines, being able to count shield results as wild results would have definitely come in handy in that matchup because I was just just shy of like doing the right amount of damage. Like I think I left him on one health twice. And it was like just that little bit of extra 
could have could have done the thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. real, real big credit to my opponent. He played a stellar game, and I mean, he just used Mal to just beat up my line the entire time. But you know, I made a couple mistakes late that that messed it up. But I think like playing maybe prime Nova at ten. And then maybe like one Mark Four, and and Hood or something, or not Hood. Uh, one Mark Four, and then maybe Black Widow there would have been interesting because then I could threaten his back line with Black Widow. Yeah. So. Just the the running gun. Yep. Exactly. Like okay, cool. You're gonna you're gonna activate Shuri and try to push Cassandra Nova. Well, no, you're not because she has stealth. You're gonna do it to Black Widow. No, you're not because she has stealth. So like, that that might be interesting. That might be interesting. I don't know. So see see here we go, Mercedes. I'm I'm over here like that sounds interesting. I don't know I if it's good. Yeah, I think your list is very flexible, like in terms of things you can slot in. Yeah. So so there's there's some things to look at there. But uh, other than that, I would say that overall the list performed very well. I, I still feel like that trying to dual affiliate Sentinels is the way to go. I think Convocation is a nice place to to slot in some Sentinels, especially Prime. But I definitely think that, like, when we have our event here in December, I don't think I'm going to take this list in this form. I think I need to do some tuning. That would make sense. I, I have a I have a Sentinels affiliated dual affiliated list. I'm probably going to be editing a lot too. Maybe even just taking the Sentinel dual affiliate out and just yeah. playing with Sentinels as a splash. And and that's what I'm really leaning towards. That's what I mean. I'm really leaning towards it. There was another guy there that was playing Sentinels and played him, played him good. Like I was, I don't remember his name. I didn't play against him, but our friend uh, Sean or Sandbox played against him, and and it looked like he had a really nice game plan. Looked like what he was doing with him seemed to make a lot of sense and everything. But I didn't get to play him, and I didn't really get a chance to chat with him as much as I maybe wanted to. But it's one of those things where I think that. They work really well as a splash. But if you, so like in that example I just gave, I can still take one of the Mark IVs out and I can put Cassandra Nova in and I can still play Sentinels with that affiliate, you know, like with that lineup with like a, a Prime, a Mark IV, and a Cassandra Nova. I could still do it that way. So there's, there's some flexibility there, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's weird. Like they're they're them as like an affiliation themselves feels so like, I don't want to say weak. It just feels like we haven't figured it out yet. Maybe, yeah. or maybe they're just missing one or two pieces to like really feel completed. Yeah. Uh, but like the pieces themselves are very strong. The pieces are uh, strong. They've got a couple of really strong tactics cards. Like directive one is, is really nice. The not mm-hmm. being able to modify defense dice for opponents really came in handy. Yeah. Because that includes stuff like cover. Right. Right. So, like, Malekith could still change the skulls to make a crit because it's not a modification. Yep. But once he was able to, like, so I think I played Directive 1 and then I played Recalibration Matrix on the same turn. So, like, he couldn't, or maybe I didn't, I don't remember, but either way, when I played Recalibration Matrix, it made it to where his skulls no longer counted as crits after he'd already paid for it. 
Yes. So that was that was a really excellent little little thing. And I used recalibration matrix offensively more than anything in this this setup. Right. So it's it's really cute too on like if on your directive one turn, right? Yeah. Because if they roll like a bad defense roll and you just like, oh no, I didn't roll a good attack roll. Well, I'm just gonna recalibration matrix and you can keep that defense roll. Exactly. You can't modify. Well, I'm gonna reroll all these attack dice. Exactly. Yep. Yep, that's it, man. And then I gotta also give another big props to my opponent in this matchup. Again, Will. Smash. He so he he flipped the board on me. He said, I want to play on that side when we were kind of like getting set up, which, you know, you don't see that very much in real life tournaments, but it's definitely a tool that you can use and not feel bad about. I would not feel bad about mm-hmm. it. But uh, he flipped the board. So I had a truck, uh, one of the, um, oh my gosh, the, the trash trucks right behind me. Yeah. And so what he did is turn one, he throws a sentinel into the truck and destroys it. So my best smash target is gone. And so I didn't use smash that whole game and I felt bad about it. (laughs) Felt really bad because I'm like, I'm, I've been a proponent of like smash is stapled to my Sentinels roster. Every time I bring Sentinels, I'm bringing smash. And, uh, yeah, I didn't get a, get, get get a good smash off on that one. And I felt kind of bad about it. (laughs) I've never thought of that as a good counter tech to smash, but that is a very funny counter tech to smash. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, the only thing he could have done there was to just throw the Sentinel into the thing because otherwise there's nothing that's moving that truck. But yeah, it was good. So anyways, that that's kind of just like a, a, a standout match. And then also, the um, it, it's really interesting how when you're, when you're going through and you're learning a list and everything and like part of what we talked about the other day is how when I play the Sentinels, I wanted to have two Mark IVs and a Prime, no matter what, set it, forget it. Like, I wanted to see what that felt like. And now that I know what that is, it's it's definitely less great than what I would want it to be, but at the same time, I've learned a lot of valuable lessons from that. And even though I only had two matchups with it, it was like when you're playing in an event and you're looking across the table at your opponent, you're evaluating what they have, and you're looking at what you have, being able to make those snap determinations to figure out what to put on the table and stuff. I mean, that's all part of it. And when you're like, like I was tr- putting yourself in a box to say, I'm, I'm playing the three Sentinels plus, it kind of makes you evaluate things a little better and a little differently. So, you know, I encourage people to get out there and check that stuff out. And now that I've done that, I know how to adjust going forward i guess you could say yeah so yeah so anyways merzane let's now talk about this very interesting spider foes sentinels roster and shout out to talk polite that's who this roster comes from and it's been a minute since they sent it over i have been really wanting to discuss it for a while it's just timing and all of that stuff. So here we are. And uh, I'll just run through the characters real quick. You can run through the tactics cards. We'll talk about uh, objectives and then uh, talk about the list in the overall. What do you say, Merzane? Sounds good to me. Cool. So we've got a Sentinel Mark IV, a Sentinel Mark IV, and a Sentinel Prime Mark 
four. We've got Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, Lizard, Venom, Toad, Mysterio, Hood. You going to go through the tactics cards? Yeah, we've got Directive 1, Online and Operational, Sinister Traps, Well-Laid Plans, Lethal Protector, The Grand Illusion, Smash, Mission Objective, and then the Restricted Cards are Brace for Impact and Patch Up. Yeah. And then for Crises, we've got a Secure Crisis of Gamma Wave, Riot Spark, so Extremis, and Deadly Meteors. Extract Crisis, we've got these Scrolls, Cube Fragments, and Hammers. So two, four 17s total, and then an 18 and a 15. Yep. So, Merzane, what are your initial thoughts on this list? Um, I feel like it's a very tanky list. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of big boys. Um, it's also not a very fast list. Uh, this is a list that does not have a whole bunch of ways to get across the board. It's got several ways to reach out and pull people to them and to like create a zone, but it doesn't have a lot of ways to like influence the other side of the table. If something's going down, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, it really does that. That's exactly what my thought is too. And I want to start by saying, the characters are great. Like, I think all of these characters make sense here. But if you're going to look at the crisis setup, I would get Riot Spark over Extremis out of there because you're going to have a hard time getting back and forth. And I feel like that a Web Warriors squad or like a wide criminal syndicate, a wide Avengers, like any, anything that can go wide, a wide Guardians are just going to run circles around this list. So if I'm trying to play to my strengths, I want my opponent to look at my list when we're, when we're across the table from one another and say, what is the least bad option for me, right? Is it secures or is it extracts? Like when, whenever I would win priority, I would look and I would say, all right, what's the, what's the one thing I don't want in your list? Oh, you've got sword base? Cool, get it out of there. I'm going to pick my secures. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I would say something when I look at this, like I think a demons would be fun here because I, I think this list is focused on attrition more or less. And it's got like some slight trap house vibes because like not, not fully, but like you've got green goblin and then you've got the sentinels, right? The sentinels can pull people close to where green goblin can blow up terrain, pull people close where Mysterio can do his tricks and traps so I think that that's, that's a little bit interesting. Or maybe something like Intrusions. It's a little slower scoring. Uh, you know, you can kind of play that game of, of like move around stuff and try to get that attrition lead there. And, and I, I don't know other than that, though, but those, those, those two stand out to me as ones that I might consider putting in this list. What do you think? Yes, I love Intrusions on Sentinels because talking about not having the speed to get to the other side of the table... Yeah. It all of a sudden just gives you the speed to get to the side of the table. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that a lot better than Riot Spark. And maybe even Deadly Meteors, like, uh, I don't know if they like the flip secures. So it's I don't think they like it turn one, but I think it snowballs into being a decent crisis for them. 
I think it can. My my issue again is not being able to get to the other side means your opponent basically gets one for free. And then you're probably fighting over the middle one. And if for some reason you don't get it, you you don't really like have a backup. You can't just like double move a sentinel over there to grab it. Right. Like you probably just don't have the movement. And if you do, you're wasting an entire sentinel activation on double moving to grab a point. Well, that's um, why I think he has a character like Toad here. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like and, and that's another thing. You're you're going tall most likely here. So you definitely have to factor in that you're not going to have last activation. So fighting over the middle one and making sure you win that fight is, is definitely an important thing, but also saving, you know, using your passes effectively, I think is really important. But when I look at this and we think about deadly meteors, I think that's your, your spider foes with your sentinel splash. Right. I could see that. Uh, I, I just, I have a, um, I just have a weird fear of uh, being a little slow on those scenarios. Um, it can, it can be good and it can be bad, but talking about like wanting a hard advantage, right? Like riot spark is a, is I feel like definitely almost a detriment, but <laughs> uh, very potentially. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's there for the heal, but I think that's way better as an intrusions. Um, yeah. If he swaps out deadly meteors, I would probably say swap it for the, the demons, but I like intrusions the most for sentinels. I think. Yeah. I'm with you there too. And then when it comes to extract crisis, I mean, I think hammers is great and double moving a sentinel turn one, grabbing a hammer, I think is perfectly fine. I don't see, I don't have an issue with that. I did that this weekend and it seemed to be pretty nice. And then the scrolls you're, you're fighting over, over the middle again, you're playing that thing of, of hope you find the thing, you have a toad, all of that stuff. But if you don't find the thing, it makes playing this very tough, especially if they have something like a black cat or something like that, that, yeah, okay, her speed turns to slow, but she can still double move grappling hook away. So you, yeah, I feel like that single extract is tough, but I don't think there's a better option really. I mean, I personally like research station. Like if you're playing, if you're playing this, this list, I think research station sounds spicy. Research station or I like the alien ships one better as a single extract, just because they can only move short once. Only move in once. Like, yeah. Only move in once. Yeah. So like for most characters, that's not far, farther away than the double short. I think if I remember correctly. Right. And even if black cat gets it, she moves long. If she doesn't have enough for a grappling hook, then you can still single move with a sentinel and pull her back in. Yep. So no, I'm curious. I'm curious about my short. How long is the short? Well, that depends. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so is it is this is a double short longer than a, a long? Is my question. I don't think so. I don't know. A double short is longer than a long. Oh, it is. Well, it, it has to be by just the tiniest amount. It's it's by enough. That's on a small base, too. On a, a medium base and large base, it's going to get even worse. Yeah. So, yeah, the alien ship one uh, gives you forcing them to one movement means that they will always be. Uh, the long movers are shorter. It's well, long story short, I think for the ones that you're scared of, it's going to be better. And then they also get damaged for not hurting you back. 
Right. Uh, so they they possibly, um, if they're like just straight running, then they're going to make it easier for you. And you don't want them to get too far away. That way you can uh, grappling hook them back. Right. And your Sentinels don't mind making one movement. Right, exactly. That, and that's the thing. Sentinels, don't be afraid to move them. You know, they, they can move. They're not, they don't have to be stationary. That's the, the lesson I learned very valuably over the weekend, too. Getting one big attack off with them is just as valuable as trying to double tap in a suboptimal area. So, yeah. And I also think that here, you know, we have well-laid plans. I think if you pull any of these extracts, like if this, if this player, Talk Polite, pulls an extract, they're playing Spider-Foes so that they can have well-laid plans online. Yes. Most likely. Yeah, and, and that's the reason why I think something like a research station is interesting here because then your opponent might not want to play research station and sure, it takes away well-laid plans for you, but then you can lean into the Sentinels and stuff like that. You don't have to worry about well-laid plans and it frees up a tactics card slot for you. Yeah, use it like a faint, like, aha, you thought I was going well-laid plans, but I'm not. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's overthinking it too much. But what about character-wise? Merzane, like, are there any characters here that you feel are missing? Is there anyone that you think should, uh, you know, maybe take an extra look at or something? It's really hard to say because there's so many flavors of uh, spider foes. It's hard to, like, which one is it going for? Uh, this doesn't look like the hard trap house one. This looks like just your standard, um, your standard spider foes beat them up big boy list. Yeah. Uh, the only one I'm a little... Everyone seems cool except for maybe Hood. Uh, not because I think Hood's bad, and he fills probably a similar role as your Hood, where, like, he just heals people, and healing Sentinels means they don't get bleed. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wonder, with so many tanky characters, if someone with a little bit more output or control would be better in this slot. So... Talk Polite said he originally had Carnage in this slot, but somebody else recommended that he put Hood in instead, and I was in agreement with that recommendation, specifically for if you ever plan on playing Sentinels, straight-up Sentinels, Hood makes an excellent contributor to Sentinels. So that's why I was like, yeah, no, I think Hood's great here. So maybe... Maybe that's a little too much there. And like you said, the output and all that stuff, like Hood can get the output going when he needs to. And I also think he's a little faster than someone like Mysterio and having access to that mystic is really strong. But like, who would you say you would put in here over Hood if you want that output? Uh, a character I've been liking a lot, and I feel like it helps both teams a lot, is uh, the, I, I think he might be the most expensive single model in the game, uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Oh, there you go. Um, so Nick Fury is really good with the Sentinels because of the Royal Decree thing. Oh, uh, yes. It's, and he can do it turn one because he could just move up, shoot something with a range four gun, get a power, and then hop someone, hop, <laughs> uh, hop Sentinel to the middle of the board. Um, he also has incinerate to set people up, which, yeah, he's got incinerates like in the list. 
with Green Goblin, and that's pretty much it. Well, the Sentinels with their suppression protocols, yeah. But Green Goblin needs to roll a wild, so it's not super reliable. And the Sentinels need to use their spender, which they don't always want to do. Him being able to, like, just set up incinerates for you is really valuable. Um, And then also just in Spider-Foes, being able to move your big boys around or move over your big boys is really good. And his his damage output is surprisingly high once you get the power rolling. Yeah. Um, I don't think Got Your Back does a lot in this scenario because, I mean, your guy shouldn't be dying that often. Um, but I think that his mobility and his ability to, like, turn on other damage sources really helps. Yeah, I, I actually really like that. I think Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos because... I think with what I look at with this list, it's going a different direction than what I was thinking of with my own. So I think that having a Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos to be able to get the Sentinels moving a little bit. And I think Got Your Back is actually decent because what I've seen is if you're going into a physical heavy team with Sentinels, they are going down. <laughs> I, I can assure you they are going down. Uh, I, I, that three physical defense makes no sense to me, but it is what it is. And they, their health gets chewed through pretty fast. And unless they have a prime that's just juiced up on power and, and giving them all the rerolls, they definitely take some hits. So I, I think got your back is nice there, but that, that's, that reason is why I think hood is solid here. I mean, hood saved my butt a couple of times, healing up some sentinels just that extra three health that they had, it's like, okay, now you, you have to do 10 damage to this. Or I in a match against Matt, I, I healed up a Sentinel Prime, just a couple of damage, and that made the difference. He survived on one for the whole game. <laughs> so, yep. you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But I really, really agree with you that I think Nick Fury is a solid, solid model and would help characters like you said this is a slow moving list so even helping a mysterio a lizard get up the board a little bit i think could be very useful mm-hmm. so yeah and, and that's not to downplay hood hood's definitely really good and i think really good in this list specifically no, no, you hate hood now that's that's what we've established here is that you always hate hood. uh <laughs> always hate hood um but I don't know. I just, I feel like sometimes Hood can be a trap. And a character like Nick Fury or maybe, I don't know, maybe someone who can move other people. Like a Luke Cage, maybe, uh, with Heroes for Hire to protect. Or um, I can't think of who the other person I was thinking Red Guardian. of was. Red Guardian would be cool, yeah. Um, Someone a little bit more proactive rather than reactive. Uh, my my complaint is my my sentinels always die before I can actually get them healed up. Right, if I have healing. Yeah, same, it's the same for me too. So maybe something like a Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage would be really good with the Heroes for Hire. Yeah, yeah. So when we're looking at this, I I see a list here that's primarily Spider Foes with Sentinel Splash more than the other way around. Is that how you read this as well? Spider-Foes with the Sentinel Splash? Yeah, yeah I kind of do. So what does a 17-threat Spider-Foes Splash 
sentinels look like to you here? Would it be Green Goblin, Doc Ock, as long as you're not playing on Research Station? That would be your starting point. And then, what, like a lizard to make 10? And then a prime and a toad? Yeah, that sounds right. Or um, if it is a researcher, you take like Lizard Mysterio. You could swap Lizard out for Mysterio maybe on certain secures. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that works. What about for like, uh, he's got a 15 here. So I think I think if you're playing Gamma, you're probably trying to take Sentinels, but you're locked into a 13 on your Sentinels, so that means you are locked into Toad. Yep. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I like Toad. Don't be wrong. But if you run into a Malekith on that 15, it's, it's pretty tough. Well, I, I I don't think this list has a whole lot of ways to deal with Malekith either way. Um, maybe Mysterio? <laughs> to move him around a little bit and yeah, maybe. be annoying, but... Um, yeah, a lot of these characters don't particularly want to see a Malekith on the other side of the table. Yeah, but I do think that you go Sentinels if you if your opponent has a Malekith and you get something like a like a a Gamma or something. I think that that's definitely a time to throw the Sentinels on the board, and then based on the threat value, just season to taste. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, like it's it's really interesting because I I think. What I think is interesting here is Sentinel Prime does more for the spider foes, I think, than the spider foes do for the Sentinels. Mm-hmm. And Sentinel Prime being able to splash into your spider foes and provide them with re-rolls in addition to the Oscorp weaponry Green Goblin leadership of making your opponent re-roll one defense die, I think that's really really like low-key strong because spider foes always like live and die by the dice rolls i mean like a lot of teams do but green goblin's leadership we have jacob from xavier protocols to thank for this is one of the strongest leaderships in the game for getting damage through and you combine that with being able to re-roll your own dice and really push that damage through i think it's really strong so like if i'm looking at this list if you want to play Sentinels, play the Sentinels, but I think you maybe could just splash Prime into a Spider Foes and add in a couple of other foes or other splashy characters here. I mean, would that be too too much to blow this up? No, I think that's a good... I think that's actually one of the things I was thinking is with these two together, um, they're both trying to accomplish very similar things. Um, they're both very secure-heavy for the most part, like they're very slow and like tanky and want to like punch people off of secures. Now foes does have well-laid plans to go for extract stuff, but it's not like the strongest thing. Like, yeah, it's not your game plan all the time. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like good as like, Oh, last activation. I'll make you drop all the extracts. So next round we're, we're fighting for them again or something. Right. Um, or pick them up, maybe kill some people. It's flexible, but like, it doesn't make them a strong uh, extract player, like a like a web warriors or sure, like a sure. shield would be too. Exactly. So you kind of get two affiliations doing very similar things, and 
when do you take one of the over the other is kind of like a choice you have to make. And I feel like it doesn't, it's, it, it's more about which one you want to play into certain characters or into certain, uh, into certain moods <laughs> <laughs> more so than like gaining a lot tactically. But I do think, like you said, um, uh, Sentinels feel really good in Spider-Foes. I would almost say do the, the prime and a regular Sentinel just in case. Yeah. Um, and then maybe splash in another character, like a low threat character, or maybe like a black cat to give you some extract help. Yeah, I could see that definitely being a part of it. And, you know, <laughs> when we, when we think about the dealing with Malekith issue and, and all of that, like, I think that's definitely something to, to think about in this discussion. And, you know, you've got a character like Green Goblin. You So remember, you can't re-roll when you're attacking Malekith. You can't re-roll into Malekith. But Green Goblin's leadership still can affect his defense dice. So a character like Prime, if you have a Prime and you're playing Spider-Foes and you see a Malekith on the other side of the board, well, then Prime's still a really good model into him. You just have to make sure that he doesn't get thrown into your team. That's the key. Yep. <laughs> And uh, and let me tell you, that big base travels a lot farther than you think it does after a short throw. I can, can confirm. But I think that, that that's an interesting thing. And then having a black cat, like you said, to stagger a Mal, I think is a very, very good thing too. So it's interesting because I don't, I agree with you. I think a one Sentinel Prime and a Mark IV plus like a Bucky, it, okay, now you're, you're interestingly, you can play affiliated. Yeah, I, I would probably do. This is probably a list I am more happy doing the Bucky play than other splashes. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting. And I think if you are looking at just playing this list like this with the Sentinels and the Spider Foes, I, I think it's solid. I think it's solid. I think that the changes we talked about with the crises selections are good. Now, we haven't really talked about tactics cards. Are there any tactics cards you feel like here are a bit of a miss? Um, the two that jump out at me with the current iteration of the lists are uh, patch up and mission objective. So patch up, I feel like if you're bringing Sentinels, he's got hood for healing. Like patch up's just being redundant. Yeah. Um, for something that you probably don't need to be redundant on. If I was being redundant, I'd rather take Indomitable uh, because that is more likely to uh, save you from taking six damage as opposed to patch up healing five damage. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I'm 100%, 100% on board with Indomitable here. At heck, I can, can confirm, saved my butt this weekend. Yes. It is crucial when you when you've got a, a an opponent that is threatening to yeet your sentinels uh-huh uh, you're happy to have both uh-huh and uh, i also i've got to say like the sentinels being able to activate and then it's online as soon as they're done activating is clutch it's clutch yeah um Mission objective. I'm, I think mission objective is fine, especially cause you're probably grouped up, but like 
again, it's more extract stuff. And I don't know how often you take it. Like, yeah. You're probably taking Directive 1 and or Allied and Operational and Smash and Brace and Indom. Yeah. When you're playing Sentinels. If you're not taking Directive 1, you're probably bringing Lethal. If you're bringing like Venom, you're bringing Lethal Protector. You're bringing Smash. You're bringing uh, Grand Illusion. I mean, and you, you could bring well-laid plans and not be playing Spider-Foes. You can. I, that's really funny. Um, uh, I don't know. It just feels like there, there's better op- Like You know, I think we talked about like your list, like stuff like Fallback, Warpath. Um, those do a little bit more, I think. Yeah. Than Mission Objective. Yeah. And, and I honestly think that Warpath is better than Fallback for Sentinels. I've... I, I came to that realization over the weekend too. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a ten, depends on who you're playing against. I've exactly. actually played both in a squad and used them both at different times. And it been pretty devastating. Nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just think a, a, a card that is more flexible in the mission objective slot is good. And then we also talked about, you know, maybe dropping the Sentinels or maybe dialing back. Um, Dropping one or both of the tactics cards isn't a terrible plan if you do that, of course. Right. Um, get some more flex. I don't know what you would add, of course. It might depend on like characters you add, but um, those two are only great if you're wanting to do a lot of Sentinels or if you have a very specific thing in mind for Sentinels. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think that also the uh, online and operational, I had an opportunity to play that over the weekend. Um, it bring it into a, a match and I chose to leave it at home knowing I was going up against a Malekith because I did not feel like I was going to be able to generate the power on prime. And I feel like that that's definitely one of those things where you've got to feel really good about the power because I don't know about you, Merzane, when I've been playing my Sentinels prime is just skeeting out power left and right. Yep. I mean, it is just like, Oh, you've you've got four power on Prime. By the end of this round, he will have zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the way it felt like for me, anyways. Yeah, I I have realized it's very hard to keep uh, power on him. Like I like it feels like he should have way more power than he does. Exactly. And a lot of it's just because you reroll so freaking much. Exactly. So for me, I think mission objective would be a good one to become recalibration matrix because again, like True. for me, when I look at this list. I see damage. I see, I see push that damage through and I, you know, re-rolls are diminishing returns. I, I know we know this. It's, you're never going to explode a crit on a re-roll, right? So you're yep. always going to have diminishing returns, but being able to mitigate a bad roll and not necessarily have to burn your power on prime, I think is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, th- that's where I would go with mission objective probably. And I'm not, and, and my, my little rant on online and operational is not to say that you shouldn't have it. I think you definitely should have it, but you just have to think very deliberately with whether or not you want to deploy it. Because like you said, brace and smash and indomitable are like bingo, bango, one, two, three for me. And then you've got Directive 1. I really like Directive 1, not being able to allow your opponent to modify defense dice. If you're playing into Web Warriors and stuff, it is super clutch. So that, 
would be like your fourth card. So then that fifth card really makes an interesting thing. Like you said, if you bring in Venom, it's like the protector. If you bring in Mysterio, the Grand Illusion seems really good. But really, you're going to get so much more value out of a Recalibration Matrix or a Warpath or a Fallback, I think, than anything. Mm -hmm. And then if we, we look at this from the perspective of, all right, what if you just are splashing Sentinels into Spider-Foes? I think that the same thing rings true for those other cards that we mentioned. I don't think it changes our thoughts on those other cards. Right. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's all very, this is a very interesting list. And uh, I, I got to say, this has been fun to kind of take a look here and deep dive into this. Do you have any other thoughts on this list, Merzane? Uh, no, I think it looks cool. Um I'm intrigued to see how it's been playing and how it's been working. Um, maybe they could uh, send us a little blurb about how well it did. So we know, um, but I think it's very cool. Like I, I really like seeing a Sentinel splash in so many places and trying to see where they stick. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I talked earlier about how um, I like the big boys. That's why I like the Sentinels and spider foes is like the affiliation of the big boys. Oh, so yeah. seeing even more big boys on the table is very cool. Completely agree. And that's the thing, like when the when the Sentinels are on the table, it, it's a table presence thing. Like at this event this past weekend, it was one of those things where whenever I put the Sentinels on the table, just in my mind, I was like, I'm going to wreck. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because I'm sitting here with these enormous models and like all my, my opponents over here, especially in that, Wakanda when when my when that guy dropped Wakanda I was like cool and then I see the the winged cat beast over there and I'm like not so cool but I still felt pretty good you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. less cool less uh, cool. but still cool exactly so you know it was one of those things where it's, I felt good every time I had him on the board it's just a good feeling yeah well and like I've said it before with like stuff like Modoc and Hulk and Hulkbuster and Dormammu but like if you're at your local game store and you're playing like uh, a team full of Sentinels, that catches people's eyes, right? Like they may not care about Sentinels. Like I don't care about Sentinels as characters, but people are going to look across the room and they're going to see Sentinels on the table towering above the rest of the terrain and all the other characters. They're going to be like, okay, that looks cool. What's this? And have it like, that's why I think it's important to have some of these big characters. Malekith is another great example. Like, someone looks across the table and sees this big, cool looking model and it, they say, Oh, I want to go get a better look at that. And they walk over and notice it's Marvel or notice that it's a cool game being played. Uh, and it's a great way to like inadvertently get new players to be interested, uh, by having huge models like this, uh, mm -hmm. that are also fantastic, cool models. Um, which is, Secretly, another reason I like playing Sentinels locally is because um, I've had a few people approach and be like, oh, those look cool. What are those? And it's gotten some conversation started. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I mean, we have a, a nice little growing scene here. And I've noticed the same thing. People are like, what is that? Or the, the old, what are those? <laughs> what are those? You know? So, yeah, man. Well, I'm right there with you. And uh, yeah, I hope suits that y'all have enjoyed us taking a deep dive look into this list, let us know what you thought. Like if this is a, a type of format that you want to see continue where we take a look at other people's lists, not just our own, which, you know, we'll be bouncing back and forth between the two. But uh, 
Let us know what you think. Send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Send me messages on Facebook at the House Party Protocol Facebook page. If you're part of our Discord community, you can send me a message over there. You can DM me at HPP underscore Will on most of the main Discords out there. I really want to know what you suits thought of this type of discussion and, and whether or not you feel like that this is valuable and us taking what little bit of context we have from the person that sends us the list, but, but looking at it, breaking it down, giving some suggestions, stuff like that. Because I, I find this to be very interesting and I hope that uh, you guys have gotten some value out of it. If you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show and getting access to our uh, Discord community, which is the most awesome Discord community, and you may or may not be flooded with Marvel Snap messages once you join in, but that's, you know, look, it's, <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good time. Marvel, Marvel Snap is fun, and we talk a lot about that, obviously, other board games and other other stuff, and there's still a massive discussion around Marvel Crisis Protocol. Don't worry. I know I'm, I'm saying a lot about Snap, but the Marvel Crisis Protocol discussion has not gone away, I promise you. So, and I, f- I feel like me saying that implies that it did at one point. It never did. I don't know. I need to shut up. This is word vomit. This is, it is a dual affiliated Discord channel. It is part Marvel Snap, part Marvel Crisis Protocol, equal parts great. Exactly. See, you said it better than me. So you can find that at patreon.com slash House Party Protocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, you can come and hang out with us and uh, goof off and have a good time. So uh, I would appreciate the support there. To the suits that do support me on Patreon and just with your with your time, thank you so much. I, uh, I cannot say enough how grateful I am to all of you out there and it uh, it really means the world to me. And when I was at this event, meeting people that listen, meeting suits and and just getting a chance to to chat with everyone and and everything like it was it was incredible. It was really incredible and I I cannot truly express my gratitude to everyone that gives me their time and uh especially to the suits that provide on Patreon like it's just it it means the world to me. So, I want to say thank you to all of you out there for that. Merzane, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, various discords and on the Gamers Guild podcast uh, where I occasionally host and occasionally have guests and almost always talk about Marvel Crisis Protocol and almost never Marvel Snap. Yes, almost all the time Marvel Snap. (laughs) So anyways, thanks for joining me this week, Merzane. We'll catch you guys next time. Party on, Merzane. Party on, Will. And power down suits. Suits.